For it was on that old cross that Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. Yes. So I will cherish the old rugged cross. Still think we missed the point. I still think we missed the point. We got it right. Then our mind went back to the wrong thing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Hymnology, a show about psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and the people who sing them. My name is Sawyer. Today, we are on a one-camera operation. I want to dive right into what we're talking about. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about a quick way that you can help me um, and the show. If you've been blessed by the Hymnology podcast, and I, I am so glad that you have, I've been blessed by you all, um, there's a way that you can help help out. Um, buymeacoffee.com forward slash hymnology. Um, that is where you can, you can become a hymnologist by donating monthly, or you can just donate one time. So that's just going to be a way for us to kind of improve the show, but also to maybe expand into other ways um, of reaching out with the, the message of hymns, right? Whether it be um, resources that we can start producing or whether it be um, music that we start doing on our own. So something like that is really kind of where I would like for for all this to go. But if you would like to help out, that's on www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash hymnology. So let's get into it. We have all been in a situation where maybe we're singing a hymn and it doesn't necessarily feel right. It doesn't necessarily sound right. A lot of the times, I think we, we tend to have that mentality with contemporary songs you know we think oh that must be a new song if if we have that thought oh that's a weird line maybe maybe that that church or that group or that artist has some wonky theology well it's not always the case sometimes it's found in hymns sometimes it's found in children's songs we're gonna look at we're gonna look at three hymns slash songs today one is a hymn that is a little, little stranger, a little more obscure. Most people probably don't sing it anymore, but I do want to look into it just because it is a little questionable, and I want to see kind of what you all think about it and, and see if you've ever, ever heard of it. Um, another one is a children's song. Um, it's not necessarily one we would sing uh, at, at congregationally in worship, but it is a children's song that we all learn if we grow up in, in, you know, in a Christian home or just if we just know the song. And then also one that is probably more popular that I'm going to challenge you. I'm not going to say we shouldn't be singing it, but I do want to make it um, a question as to should we continue to sing it? Right. I'm going to say we should stop, but I'm going to say maybe, just maybe, we should consider why we sing it. Okay. So here we go. We are going into it. Questionable hymn number one. The song is called God of Earth and Outer Space. God of Earth and Outer Space. Now, if you have never heard of this hymn before, don't worry. I had not heard of it until about a year or so ago. Um, I was looking through an old hymnal. I believe it was the 1975 Baptist hymnal. Um, if you know which one that is, I don't think I have it in here 
with me, but it is the red hymnal with the musical staff and it has kind of the curly font, a bold font, um, Baptist hymnal. So God of Earth and Outer Space is the first one we're going to look at. Now, disclaimer, before we get into this song, I think this is a fantastic song. I think it's a fantastic poem. I think it's written, it was written during a time that the guy who wrote it was just kind of expressing what he was seeing happening through song and through the filter of a Christian worldview. So I don't think there's anything wrong with the song necessarily, but it is, it is strange. And, and it is a little questionable if we're going to sing this in, in, in the church. So I'm going to, for those of you watching on YouTube, I'm about to share my screen. So I'm going to get much smaller and my screen is going to get much bigger. But if you are on podcast, that is okay. So here we go. God of Earth and Outer Space. And I'm not really, um, I'm not on hymnary this time. Actually, I can't really see what, I can't really see what page I'm on right now. But I'm on a website where this guy wrote an article about, uh, about the, about the uh, song. So let's see. It's, I'll just read this article. It says, I found through a series of blog links today that the song is actually a hymn number 20 in the current edition of the Baptist Hymnal. Now, current edition, I don't know what he means by that. Um, it's not, it's not in the, it's not in the 2008 version um, or whatever it is. But um, this is a no way commentary on Baptist or anything like this. But gee whiz, if the song came up during a worship service, I do believe I would have to excuse myself uh, for a few minutes to go crack up laughing in the lobby. Then he goes on to say, on the other hand, it is pretty amazing that someone was able to write a worship song, including the words spacecraft, rocket, astronauts, and outer space. And I would completely Agree. So here we go. Here we go. Verse one of God of Earth and Outer Space. Now, before we get into the song itself, I want to look at. I want. I want. I want us to think about the. I want. I want to talk about the the sound of the song. This hymn was originally written in a minor key. Okay, so picture minor meaning kind of sad and dark. Um, so you think of like a sad, dark sound. Um, it's not an easy song to sing. I've listened to it, but if you, if you get a chance to listen to it, go, go back and listen to it. But think of what I'm about to read in a sad, dark key. Okay, let's just look at verse one together. Verse one says, God of earth and outer space, God of love and God of grace. Bless the astronauts who fly as they soar beyond the sky. God who flung the stars in space. God who set the sun ablaze. Fling the spacecraft through the air. Let man know your presence there. Okay, I'm just going to say, I'm just gonna say right now, I love that verse. Okay, it's questionable. It's weird. Should we be singing it in church? I don't know. But you got to admit that's a good line. I could have thought about that. First off, we have the title, right? The very first phrase, God of earth and outer space. Is God not the God of earth and the God of outer space? Yeah, of course he is. Is God a God of love and a God of grace? Yeah, 
it's factual. Yes, of course. And then it gets weird. Okay. Bless the astronauts who fly. Now, do we want astronauts to be blessed? Of course we do. And as they soar beyond the sky, of course we do. But how relevant is that to a congregation? You know, I don't imagine there's very many astronauts in, in, in your church. I live just south of Huntsville, Alabama, and um, that's where the Space and Rocket Center is. That's where they do all of the, that's where NASA is. And so, you know, maybe maybe there maybe first baptist huntsville can do something like that and 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 they probably have um but i don't think it's going to be relevant to most god who flung the stars in space god who set the sun ablaze now that now that is a cool line right and that's a truthful line um flung is an interesting word to use when we're talking about creation because god spoke things into being right um i don't know the theology of the author of this song but um but God who flung the stars in space. And we could say that when he did speak, it was an image of, 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 of shooting out. Um, and he set the sun ablaze. Um, so that's, that's true. That's creation. And then here's another way we're in, okay? Fling the spacecraft through the air. Let man know your presence there. We're going to get to the main point of the song and the only reason why i think we should be seeing the song when i get to the end of it but or why we shouldn't one or the other but that's interesting fling the spacecraft through the air to let man know your presence there in other words when the spacecraft are in the air make sure that the astronauts know you're there <laughs> okay so there's there's verse one end Verse two, God of atmosphere and air, God of life and planets bear. Cool line, like it. It's all true. He's a God of the atmosphere. He's the God of the air. He's the God of life and planets bear. Now, planets bear means like Jupiter and Mars, right? It means all the planets in our solar system and beyond. It means he is the God of those planets. Use man's courage and his skill as he seeks your holy will. Can God do that? Yes. He can use the courage of man. He can use the skill of man as man is seeking God's will. But does that mean that's the kind of song we should be singing? God of depth and God of height. God of darkness, God of light. All true. Here we go. This is a fun one. As man walks in outer space, teach him how to walk in grace. Did Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong need to know that God is watching over them and that they should walk in grace? as they were on the moon yeah sure we'll say yes does your run-of-the-mill everyday congregant in the year 2022 need to sing that i don't know i don't know but he could okay let's go to verse four 
God of man's exploring mind, God of wisdom, God of time. All true, right? God is the God of our exploring minds. He's the God of wisdom. He's the God of time. Launch us from complacency to a world in need of thee. Now, I don't know if the author is talking about colonizing space or not. Launch us from complacency. Okay, that's a good line. I like that. You use launch as a term of... Um, as a term of evangelism right the sending um launched from complacency we we get complacent in our faith to a world in need of thee now i don't know if we're talking about earth or if we're talking about jupiter you know i don't know god of power god of might all true god of rockets firing bright I mean, yeah, but it, it, why? Hearts ignite and thrust within love for Christ to share with men. Okay, so this is really more of an evangelistic type verse, right? Um, to push on the message of the gospel, but I'm not 100% certain we're talking about earth here. I think we may be talking about some space travel, but um, I want to hang on to that thought. And talk about a current thing. All right, real quick, last verse. God of earth and outer space, God who guides the human race, guide the lives of seeking youth in their search for heavenly truth. That's a good line. I mean, I mean, that's a good lyric to truly um, pray for young people, right? Guide the lives of seeking youth in their search of heavenly truth, in their search for heavenly truth. I don't know if we're talking about space here. You know, I don't know if we're talking about searching in space for that heavenly truth, but I hope we, you know, hope we're not. God who reigns below, above, God of universal love. And then here we go. This is my favorite line, this last line. Love that gave nativity. Love that gave us Calvary. For the same love that gave us Jesus, birth and death. It's the same God who is the God of earth and outer space. Okay. Should we sing this today? Am I ever going to sing this song? No, probably not. Why? For one, I think it would be a distraction. I think it would be a distraction from other songs that could benefit the church more and guide, lead them into worship more. Um, and I think it's irrelevant today to a degree. Now, I don't want you to think, let's, let's, let's say this. I think it's irrelevant to most of our congregants. I think it's irrelevant to most people who go to church. I mean, I'm asking you, I, I'm a worship leader. I know not all of you are serve in a, in a ministry position um, in, in your church, most of, some of you may simply attend your church and sing the songs that your worship leader has picked out. If they picked out this song for us to sing, what would it do for you? Would it distract you? Would it bother you? Would it just simply bring up questions? Here is the only reason why I think this song is worth considering. 
we are in a time where run-of-the-mill citizens are taking trips to quote-unquote space. We are in a time when the discussion of church planting in space is an actual conversation, and it's already locked in. If you look at the Elon Musk colonizing, right, of space, you'll find that there is a that there is a church planting group that's already locked in to plant the first church in space. So, fling the space craft through the air. Let men know your presence there. As man walks in outer space, teach him how to walk in grace. We may need that one day, very soon. We may need that type. But I think until then, it may help to leave this one in the old redback hymnal for uh, for as long as we need. Yeah, it's in the 1975 edition of the Baptist hymnal. And it was left out. Somebody says, thankfully, it was left out in uh, 1991. Now, the guy who wrote it is named Thad Roberts Jr. Um, now, here's the funny thing about Thad, Thad Roberts Jr. He, not, not a lot. There's, honestly, I think it's the only thing he ever wrote. I don't think he ever wrote anything. Um, there is a guy, though, who I believe is also named Thad Roberts, who stole some, uh, like, space rock like moon rock and was arrested for it. I looked that up when I was trying to find this guy relation. I don't know. I hope there is. That would be fun. Okay. Let's see here. That was number one. So the, so the first, so the first one that we talked about was God of earth and outer space. Let me know what you think about it. Um, let you know what let me know uh if you're listening to it on youtube comment below and then on instagram later on we can talk about it so let's move on to the next one now the next one the next questionable hymn it's really not it's really not a hymn i mean it is but um we don't sing it as a hymn it probably is in your hymn probably isn't an older hymnal but it's a children's song so it's not one that you would typically sing in church to begin with more than likely obviously unless you're a child probably saying it in in um like children's church or something like that and i want you to know before we get into this that i'm not using any like political view of reading this i just am reading this as a dad of a, of a little baby girl and thinking about the songs that I want her to sing and I don't know if this is one of them okay I'm not trying to be woke I'm just trying to think about what all songs I want my daughter to sing and I don't think this is one of them okay let's look at it that next song is Jesus loves the little children okay you know it Jesus loves the little children all the children of the world we know this song we know this is just on a, some kids some kids uh website um got some chords on there if you ever want to learn how to play it but the lyrics are apparently by claire herbert woolston and the tune is by george frederick 
root. Um, but I want to look at this, okay? And, I, and, and like I said, I want us to be sensitive to wording, okay? It is so important that we teach our children songs that are going to go with them from to 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 their to their to the end of their lives. The thing about songs is that yes, they do last forever. And they last longer than a lot of things. You're going to remember a song more than you are a sermon. You're just going to. Doesn't outlive scripture, but it does outlive a lot of things. Therefore, that means when we go back in the past, sometimes things that we're saying with complete innocent intent are now a little uh, cringy, right? I mean, we see it in sports, right? We, we see the changing of team names and mascots. Sometimes I think it may be a little much, but other times I think it's true. Um, I think it's probably a good thing. I don't know who gets mad about what. I don't know who the powers that be are that, that have the ability to change names of things. But I would rather my daughter hear songs and know songs that don't have something in them that's going to distract them from the true meaning of it. And in this song, Jesus loves the little children. It's, it's love, right? It's, it's God's love for his creation, especially kids, especially children, right? So let's just look at it. Okay. Jesus loves the little children. Yes, he does. Okay. Right. We, we know that from the gospels. Jesus was very passionate about children coming to him and him being with them because he knew how special they were and the faith that they had. And he loves all the children of the world, all of them. Okay, this is true. And this next line is true. But I think we can do better. Red, and this is this is this is interesting because this has a little bit more than um, what we're used to, what I'm used to. Red, brown, yellow, black, and white. They are precious in his sight. Yes, they are precious in his sight, 100%. Jesus loves the little children of the world. One line is what I'm going to focus on, and I think you know which one it is. The version that I know doesn't include brown. It includes and, red and, yellow, black and white. But this one says red, brown, yellow, black and white. Okay. I am not 100% certain. This is just Sawyer saying what Sawyer's thinking. I'm not 100% certain that it is beneficial for the church to teach um, our children to call people who look different than them um, red, brown, and yellow. Black and white, um, I think that's okay. Why? Because that's that's common, right? That's that's what it's that's what it is called. That's the race of African American and Caucasian American. We call ourselves white and black. 
However, Native Americans, Indian Americans, Hispanic Americans, and massive Asian, Asian Americans do not call themselves red. They do not call themselves brown. And they definitely don't call themselves yellow. Okay. I think that if we truly want to teach children the meaning behind the love that Jesus has for little children, we should probably teach them what could be offensive to some of the children that he also loves. And I think that calling them red and brown and yellow might be counterproductive. And you may disagree. You know, you may not think that. That's okay. But I think it does. I know that this is probably not going to be a song that we, we, we sing with, with my daughter just because I don't like it. I think there's better options. I think better options have been written. Um, I do want her to know that Jesus does love all the little children and that that means all of them, every single one. I do want my daughter to know that she is precious in his sight and, and, and so are all the other ones. And I do want her to know that Jesus loves the little children of the world, but I don't think we have to label them in ways that people of those races prefer not to be and ethnicities prefer not to be labeled because we're to love others, like treat others like we would want to be treated. Right. Um, and there we have it. Okay. So I know you're not probably, you're probably not going to be singing this in church more than likely, especially as an adult congregation, but, um, and, and you may not even sing your kids may not even sing it if you have kids in children's church, but I do, I do want us to, to, to consider, is this something we need to be singing? If you had, it, it, our, our, our Asian American congregation singing this song to their children. Probably not, right? Our Native American congregation singing this to their children. Probably not, all right? I mean, the Redskins and the Cleveland Indians, if they can do it, I think we can do it. We can handle that. We can do better. Okay, here we go. So that was number two of questionable songs and hymns. Number one, or, or the first, they're not, we're not doing it in order. This is just the first one I mentioned was God of Earth and Outer Space. And the second one is Jesus Loves the Little Children. Okay, so we are going, and I think, I think I exited out of the last one, of the last one I was going to do. But here we go. We're going to go to the last one. And before we go on to this one, I want to say that this is a song that I have used and have sang and I know the church has been blessed by for, for many, for many years, um, at least since the early 1900s, I think 1931 is what I saw, but um, I do want to say that I do want to say that um, I do think the church has been blessed by it, right? And I'm not saying we should stop on this next one, but I am going to say, I think maybe there are better ways to 
to seeing the message that we are about to see. Okay. Okay, so let's look at it. The next song and the last song for today's episode is going to be The Old Rugged Cross, the, the, the third questionable hymn slash song is, is The Old Rugged Cross. Now, some of you may, some of you may not know this song. Um, it's not like a, a classic in the traditional sense of hymnology. Um, and hymnody you know like this is really more of a it's really more of a recent hymn and i say that me being that it was written in 1913 excuse me not 1931 1913 um guys i'm sorry for all these ads apparently i need to buy a dress but um So it's not like it's not like be that my, be that my vision. So you may you may have heard of it, but you may have never sang it in church. So let's um, let's just look at it real quick. So the old rugged cross, like I said, I've sang this a lot. A lot um, guys like David Crowder have sang this a lot. Some Southern gospel groups have sang this a lot. I'm sure if you have listened to the to the Gaithers that that they have sang this song before. So why why to me is why to me is the Ulrich Cross a questionable hymn? Okay, let's look at it. Okay, verse one, and I'm on hymnary.org again, um, where you can find all types of information about almost any hymn you could possibly think of, hymnary.org. And if you're interested in that, you can go back and watch my episode with Harry Plantinga of hymnary.org. So here we go, verse one. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross with the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. Okay. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. That was Calvary, right? That was Golgotha, the place of the skull where Jesus was crucified. This is a fact, right? It is a something we cling to as believers that Jesus died on a cross because of our sins 100 true the emblem of suffering and shame all right here here is where i i go off a little bit on this song what it was an emblem of was cr criminal acts right it was an emblem of of someone breaking the law okay and so sure shame but shame in in the context of the gospel is not the same thing as shame in the context of breaking the law so we we see now we, we, there's a hill it's far away which is it's going to take me a minute to get to this one because yes, I know it's important to a lot of people and it's special to a lot of people, but it's the details that are tough. On a hill far away, sit an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. Okay, there it is. Was it an emblem of suffering? Yes, it was for Jesus, right? And I love that old cross were the dearest and best 
for a world of lost sinners was slain. Question for you. Should believers love the cross that Jesus was crucified on? Like the cross. We are so good at, at putting symbolism behind everything and, and metaphor behind everything. Yes, we love Jesus because he sacrificed his life for us on the cross. He was a substitution for our sins, right? He atoned for them on that cross. But guys, I don't love the wooden cross. I don't. I love the Savior that bled and died on that cross for the forgiveness of my sins when I deserve that punishment. But I don't love a piece of wood, right? I don't love, I built, me and a buddy built a cross um, for, to, to kind of be at, our, at the altar in our, mine and my wife's wedding. I love that cross, right? I love that one because I built it, you know, it was a good memory with my friend. No one was crucified on it. You know, it's, it's still in the church that I, I'm serving in today. Um, it was a, it's a memory, right? It was a memory for, for us getting married. Um, you know, it was a good day. It was a good time to build that. And I know it'll be in my family for longer than I'm alive. But I don't love it more than my wife, right? I don't love it more than the God I serve on Sunday or the people that I serve on Sunday. So to say, and I love that old cross, where the dearest and best, why not say something more to the effect of, I love the dearest and best, right? Who, who was slain on the cross, okay? So just go with me, all right? The, the chorus is, so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. I will always cherish the meaning of the cross. I will always cherish the meaning of the death of Jesus and the sacrifice that he made. We've established that. We're not going to hear that too much more. But again, it's not the cross that made the sacrifice. It's, it's the man on it. Till my trophies at last I lay down. Now, that means death, right? This is one of those songs, and there was a time period of Christian hymnody where all we wanted to talk about was dying. And that's all a lot of people want to sing about now is, 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 is dying and getting to heaven as quick as possible. Do we want to do that? Yeah. Okay. And this is one of those songs. Till my trophies at last I lay, I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross. Where in scripture are we told to cling to the cross? We're told to cling to, to, to Jesus, right? Well, we're told to be sent out into the world, make disciples, but we're never told to cling to the cross, the symbol, the, the, the vehicle of, of Jesus' death and, and resurrection, or, or of his death, not even his resurrection. And I want to exchange, and it says, and exchange it someday for a crown, meaning, you know, crown of life being in, in, eternity, in heaven for eternity. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's kind of like somebody plays a prank and 
you hold the door open for somebody so the bucket of paint can fall on their head instead of your head before they when they go in this 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 hymn it's it to me is very inward focused but not in a good way like i'm so glad that jesus died on the cross so i can cling to that wooden cross and go to heaven this song it just it just doesn't glorify jesus in the way that i think hymns should or songs should first two we got i gotta i gotta speed it up it says oh that old rugged cross it's so despised by the world has a wondrous attraction for me first of all no one's i mean despising i don't know if the cross itself is despised by the world you know, like, I don't, I don't think it is going on in church history after this point, when people are being martyred um, and crucified for their preaching of the gospel and their belief in Jesus as savior, of course it was despised. It was despised by those who were being martyred, but I don't think the cross itself is despised today, right? Sure, Jesus is. Believers are, but I don't think the cross is necessarily despised. I just think that's wrong. As a wondrous attraction for me, okay, we're attracted to the symbol of the cross, right? We're attracted to um, that being the place where Jesus died, right? Of course, we're attracted to that. That's where our sacrifice was made. So, yes, I'll go with that. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. I will stand by those three lines, right? I'll be okay with those. I don't like the first line, but I do like it has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. Now, we still never, in this verse, we didn't mention like why he left, right? Why did he leave? We left to fulfill the will of God the Father. And while he was here, the, the fulfillment of that will was to die on that cross for the forgiveness of our sins and to resurrect so that we could have eternal life. Okay, so I'm okay with that, but we didn't go far enough. We do go a little bit further here. It says, in that old rugged cross stained with blood so divine. So you get some imagery, and I'm okay with that. Um, it's a wondrous beauty I see, okay? I, I'm okay with that but it's still pointing towards an image and not a savior for twas on that old cross, Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me again. I'm okay with that. Right. We have to be okay with that. That's, that's true. That's what happened. And that is usually the moment where people are like, yes, this is my favorite song. When people think of this song and they love it, this is the line they think for twas on that old cross, Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. Yes. So I will cherish the old rugged cross. I still think we missed the point. I still think we missed the point. We got it right. Then our mind went back to the wrong thing. It went back to the image, the structure of the cross and not the man who's on it. Verse four, to that old rugged cross, I will ever be true. Why? Why are we being true to the cross? 
the cross is not there anymore. Okay, I don't know where the cross went. I don't know where the, the, the image of the cross went. It's not there. The tomb was empty because Jesus had, had, had resurrected, right? And he's coming back. But to the over cross, I will ever be true is to say I'm, I, have, I am only going as far as the death of Jesus. That's it. It stops. It's shame and reproach gladly bear. What does that mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I know if we jump a few steps in logic, yeah, we're saying it's shame and reproach gladly bear, meaning with the shame that Jesus and, and the reproach that Jesus experienced on it, yeah the shame that we can see in our, in our own sin on it. Yeah. But it just jumps too far, right? To that old rugged cross, I'll ever be true that it's shame and, re and reproach God to bear. And we're saying, when we say it's, we're meaning we're talking about like the crosses, not anybody on it, just the crosses itself. Then he'll call me someday to my home far away where his glory forever I'll share. Yes, that is true. That is true. But where does it go next? The refrain. Then he'll call me someday to my home far away where his glory forever I'll share. So I will cherish the old rugged cross. I have a hard time with this one, guys. I do. And I always have. I've heard it hundreds of times saying it hundreds of times i picked it out to lead in worship hundreds of times but i think we talk we talk about emotionalism and in, in, we talk about emotionalism in contemporary music a lot you know we talk about how Bethel and and Hillsong and and you know for a while their Jesus culture and and maybe Maverick City now, um, how so much of it is, is really, really heavy on the emotional side. And we think that's bad because we're just moving people into thinking with, with, into being emotional as opposed to considering the truth that's in the gospel. Now, I'm not 100% opposed to any of that. I think it requires emotion 100% to be, to be worshipful. But I think we need to be careful in not liking um, I think we need to be careful in not liking contemporary music for, for, for going into the whole emotionalism side of it when I think some of our hymns, especially these hymns written in the early 1900s did the exact same thing. And I think this is what this is. Do I think George Bernard, or I'm sorry, George Bernard was a bad guy? No, I don't think so. Like, I don't know much about him, but I don't think he was. Do I think that when he wrote this song, he was like, I'm going to just make this guy in 2022 
you know, over over a hundred years from now, I'm gonna really just get him. Do I? Obviously, no. He was not doing that. He was focusing on the the, the cross and the death that Jesus suffered and died on, and he is praising God that his Savior was in place of of him. And I'm cool with that. But I think now, 2022, I think we got to do better than that, right? I think we have to tell why we cherish the cross. I think we have to tell why we're going to be true to the cross. It's not because it's a wooden cross. It's because of our Savior dying. I have alternatives to things like this. And maybe I'll do a follow-up with alternative songs for all these. But please, <laughs> don't hear me out. Don't, don't hear me wrong and, and think, wow, sorry, things that every, every church has ever sang, the old rear cross is, is, is wrong. No, because I'm right there with you. Don't, don't let your grandmother send me hate mail or, or an email or whatever. Just know that I think we can display our love and appreciation for the death of Jesus in a better way than the old rugged cross. And I think we should question that because that, after all, is what the episode is about, right? Some honorable mentions. I'm not going to go much longer. Some honorable mentions. I'm not even going to go into it. Anything by Hank Williams Sr. <laughs> can I just say that? Um, anything by Hank Williams Sr. I think is is questionable. Um, I love Hank Williams Sr. Okay, listen, I agree. I that's the the guy Don Helms, the guy who was his um, pedal steel player. That whiny sound that you hear in his music. He's from my hometown. Okay, I, I grew up on it. Grew up listening to it. Love it. Still love it to this day. However. I think I don't think I saw the light and I'll fly away need to be in saying in in, uh, in congregational worship because I don't think it has anything to do with Jesus. Okay. Um, I could go on, but I'm not going to. Here's where we take this. Okay. We can love songs. We can love the words in songs. We can love the theology in songs and the way the song moves us. But that doesn't always mean that we have to just go ahead and accept everything in every song. We can question the songs we sing later and as we're singing them. Because after all, we are called to inspect what we believe, right? We're supposed to seek out the truth. And that includes the songs that we sing. Because after all, if you are listening to this podcast, you probably enjoy looking into your songs. And on that note, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Hymnology. I hope you will join me next week.